0: This Christmas time can be a very difficult time for people, and I know that we often get so distracted. And I'll be honest, we even get frustrated because life is a mess. Now, you might, it might not be a mess for you, but I'm telling you, for a lot of people, life during the Christmas time just falls apart. The stresses come out. The financial realization that I don't, I don't have money to provide for my family, or I can't go Christmas shopping, or I can't, I, I can't deal with the stress of family coming over, and all these different things that we have going on in our lives. And I, I got with our, our staff and I, I said, I, I want to just bring people through this Christmas season and understand that that really, in reality, the Christmas story looked very unstable. It, it wasn't this pretty picture of the nativity scene. And even today, I want to show you how Mary and Joseph weren't just one day having an interesting evening and, and God came to them and told them this story and everything was okay. It was actually a lot of drama. It was a lot of pain. It was a lot of confusion. I, I introduced a verse last week that kind of surprised people probably about the Christmas story. And the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. Now you say, that has nothing to do with the Christmas story. Actually, it has everything to do with the Christmas story. I kind of illustrated this last Sunday. I want to kind of get you up to speed of what's going on. I brought out the manger on one side and I brought out the cross on the other. And there was this timeline of what God was doing. And I tell you, moving forward for Joseph and Mary, everything seemed to be falling apart. But I tell you, if you were to go over to the cross and you were to look back, you would look back and say, wow, everything that God did made sense. Every step of it. But I'll tell you, looking forward... It was just like, Lord, are, are you picking on me? Lord, do you not care? What are we going to do now? It was just one issue after another. Now, I know that doesn't relate to anybody here. You, you know what I'm saying? None of you guys have ever had a situation where you just hit one issue after another. I mean, you say, well, they had God. Well, you, you've got God too. All right, but let me, let me bring you back. You, start, you think about this, this trial that they were there. Try being a teenage girl during a time where the law is, if you're unwed and you're, you're found pregnant, that you get stoned. I mean, I mean, you know, just something petty like that, you know, no big deal. And you find out that you're getting, you have to tell people that you're pregnant, but the answer to everybody is, it's God's baby. You know, that's going to sum it up for everybody. Everybody, oh, okay, well, if it's God's baby, you know. And we look at it back and you say, Pastor Tony, looking at it now, that's, that's not that big of a deal, but I'll tell you, for them, it was a huge deal. Huge. Every part of the story, from the way that Mary found out, to Mary, the way that Joseph was confused, to the, to the fact even of the timing was bad, of, hey, hey, I'm great with child. You know, what, what could happen now? Oh, we've got to travel 70 miles to Bethlehem and be counted. Uh, can you imagine being pregnant, ladies? Having to travel 70 miles on a donkey. All of a sudden, everything in their world began to fall apart from their perspective. And I, 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 I just said, how often in our lives does it feel like everything is falling apart? I want you to think of this. How often do we look at problems in our lives like... Man, you're finding out that, you know, being Joseph and finding out that your wife, your future wife-to-be is with child. The Bible says that he was literally, and I'll, I'll show you here in a minute, he was tore apart about this. He, he got to the point where he said, you know what, I'm just going to leave her. I, I'll put her away and I'll be really discreet about it, but this is done. Guys, nobody just walks away from the person they're in love with without being tore up in their hearts. But can you imagine a place in Joseph's life when he looked back at that and he said, thank God. Do you realize that there's going to come a time in your life where you look back at the problems? Let me tell you, at the problems in your life? Where you're going to say, thank God. Thank God that didn't work out. Thank God we lost our job at that time. Thank God. Thank God for that. Thank God for that bad. Thank God for that dead end. Thank God for that. But right now you're just saying, oh me. I want, I want to bring you through two simple thoughts. Well, actually, three, three, three thoughts about getting through this. I, I want you to look in Luke chapter 1 verse 26. And I, I won't be long and, and I, we've, we've got a schedule to keep. And I, I want to get the Ball Brothers up here. But I, I did not want to get a crowd together this morning. And not give you the word of God. The Bible says in Luke chapter one, verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. I want to stop right there and just point out that this was an angel of God or put it like this. This was a messenger of God. God has something that he wants you to know and he'll go out of his way for you to hear it. And you've got to understand that today you might not have been delivered or had an angel deliver you news today. But i tell you, God's still speaking to all of us. So if you're sitting there waiting for angels to appear in your living room, you, you, you might be out of luck. But I can tell you, God is speaking today in a big way. To a virgin, a to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came under her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Cast her mind at what manner of salutation this should be. Her mind began to race. Her thoughts were going in every direction, and the angel of the Lord said, "Fear not." I'm, I'm going to point out something through every aspect of the story: from when the angel came to Mary, from when the angel came to Joseph, to when the angels came to the uh, shepherds on the. You know what? The opening salutation or opening greeting to all of them now is, "Fear not." Why? Why would God even have to do that? Can I explain it like this? Because I tell you, our hearts and our lives are often ran by fear. I'm I'm afraid that things are not going to work out. I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to have to do something crazy during this time to even pay the rent. Or I'm afraid that I'm going to let down my kids by giving them nothing. I'm afraid. Oftentimes we say things like... um, God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm going to tell you, that's not true. And I, I, you sit there and say, no, well, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're going against everything that I've ever learned. But see, in the middle of this, he says, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. She's a teenage unwed mother being given birth or about to give birth to the son of God, the king of kings, that's going to deliver the world from sin. I think that's a little much for a teenage girl. God never said that he would not give you more than you could carry. But he said, I'll never give you more than he can carry. You've got to understand it's not about what you are capable of doing, but what able, he is able to carry through you. And oftentimes we're still looking at, I can't do this. And God says, you're right, but I can. God is able. Through this story, things are not looking good. I, I, I want to bring you through a thought that the Lord laid on my heart that I was blown away. Because in the, oftentimes on Christmas morning, I open my Bible to Luke chapter 2 and I begin to read. The story actually begins in Luke chapter 1. And what happened in this story in Luke chapter 1 verse 28 When the angel came to her and said that thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. She finds out that she is with child. Now notice what happens in verse 36. And he said, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. Who is called barren. Her cousin is pregnant. Of old age. Verse 39. And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judea. So guys, let, let me show you what actually happens in the story before you get ahead. We often look at it as Mary talks to the angel, or the angel talks to Mary. She turns and says, Joseph, I'm with child. I, I'm going to show you that I don't believe that it happened that way. She hears from the angel and she makes haste to go to her cousin. The Bible says in verse 56, and Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her house. Have you ever wondered when Joseph told, or when Mary told Joseph? You're saying, what's the big deal about that? Well, according to this, there's three months that go by from the time that she heard it to the time that she told Joseph. Let me tell you, that's a long time to carry a big burden like that. That's a long time to have on your heart, what am I going to do? You say, well, what if, jo- what if she did tell Joseph? We don't know that. Maybe she did tell Joseph before she went. That's a long time for Joseph then to be without her, his future wife and having to debate all these things in her mind. If we flip over to Matthew one i I'm going to show you the wording of this that we often overlook. Now the birth of Jesus was on the wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse of Joseph before they came together that she was found with Child. She was found with child. Can you imagine that scene? Joseph all excited. Mary's coming home today. She's been with Elizabeth for the last three months. Mary, and she's walking in with a baby bump. Girlfriend's been gone for three months and she's always up with a baby bump. I I, I don't know about you, and I'm not trying to be weird about this or whatever, but uh, okay, what's going on here? It says that she was found with child after she was three months I guess what I'm trying to point out is oftentimes we look at it as everything happened just like this. There was a whole drama going on of a lot of burdens being carried out for a long time. So what happens? So how do you deal with that? In reality, there's a lot of complexity, a lot of things going on in their heart and mind. Verse 19, listen to this. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Look at that phrase, was minded. He was willing or desiring. He was perplexed. He was, cons- he was consumed. He was unsure. I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm telling you, Joseph was at a place in his life where he was saying, I don't know what to do. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but I can promise you this, that does relate to every one of us here. On a regular basis, when God is in control, and I'm following God, and I'm doing what's right, and I love my wife, and I love my kids, and I love my God, and I love my church, and all these things, that I will hit spots in my life. I don't know what to do. He was perplexed. He was minded. I don't know what I'm going to do. Verse 20, but while he thought on these things. Just stop and think about that statement. Don't, don't try to over-spiritualize this. Don't just read through it like it's just another passage of another day and you just don't stop to get it. While well, he thought on these things. Have you, have you ever had something that you could not get out of your mind? You can imagine him pacing his room while he thought on these things. I, why would she do that? I was a good guy. I was faithful. I was—I I had her back. I trusted her. It stinks to be betrayed. And go ahead and put up your nativity, but I'm telling you, it was—it wasn't all just Silent Night and you know Holy Night and all the other things that we wrap around. There was a lot more going on here. I thought on these things. Can't get it out of my mind. It's consuming me. I don't want to leave her, but I can't stay with her lying to me, telling me that it's God, blaming God for this. This is ridiculous. Church, this is the real Christmas story. Going through life, everything is good and you have no idea what to do. Read verse 20 again. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared into him in a dream. Well, just connect the dots there. If you're thinking about something and the Lord comes to you in a dream, you know what he was doing? He was doing like a lot of us did, maybe even last night. You went to bed, put your head on the pillow, and he thought about it till he fell asleep. While he thought on these things, the Lord came to him in a dream. In the middle of that dream, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, we see it again, to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Don't overlook the simplicity of this message that God stepped into his life in the middle of his uneasiness, in the middle of his anxiety, in the middle of his frustration. It was like, wait, wait. And then God stepped in and said, Joseph, when my kids were little and they're almost all teenagers now, so I I look back at that time when we would put them to bed, and you, you, you didn't want to hold them the whole time, but you knew that you had to put them down, but then they would get all fussy, and you, it, would just, it was just a turmoil of, what do I do? And I remember when they were little, how you'd put them there, and you'd kind of rock them, and they would begin to get uneasy, or get scared, or to begin to cry, or whatever. And I didn't have to do much, but in that darkness, in that room, next to that crib, as simple as this is, all I would do is I would take my hand, and I would just set my hand on their back. And I, you, you guys sit there and say that there's not much to that. But it was enough to show my presence to them that daddy is here. And as long as daddy is here, everything's going to be okay. And I want to show you guys, just as we close this out, just the three points of what God did. Of daddy, our God, in the middle of your distress, in the middle of you don't know what to do. How God just puts his hand on you and says this. It's going to be okay. I don't know what you're dealing with. But as long as you know that all things work together for good. And you're following that path. And you're living for God. And um, and if you're you're living in the world. And you're living under yourself. Yeah, you're going to have issues. And you brought them on yourself. But I'm saying when you were following after God. But let me ask you, what does this teach us? And then we'll be done. What does this teach us? Number one, God knows your heartaches. He didn't go tell anybody in the middle of his heartache when nobody else understood, when even if he explained it to anybody else, hey, dude, what's wrong with you? Oh, my my girlfriend's pregnant with God's baby, you know. I, I, oh, yeah, that happened to me last week, too, man. I, you know, I, And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, but I'm just saying he's like, I can't talk to anybody. Nobody would possibly understand. Nobody knows your problems like Jesus knows your problems. Nobody knows your heartaches like our God knows your heartaches. God knew. God came to him in a dream. God found him in that point of perplexity. You might feel alone, but I promise, we are not alone. Like a good father, why, why his son Joseph, that he is called and he's doing good and he is just at that point of wanting to quit, that, that good father, our heavenly father just put his hand on him and said, son, it's going to be okay. God reached out to him in the timing of God to say that it's going to be okay. Number two, God also confronts our fears. Did you notice that God stepped in to address the very thing that he was talking about? Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God confronts our fears. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be the worst pastoral point that any pastor has ever preached. I can't explain that to you. Because God does it different for each and every one of us. God has a way of confronting our fears in a way that nobody else can. He said to him in that moment, he said, Joseph, I've got a plan. Go marry the wife. What is happening is me. And i tell you, every day of our life, God has a unique way of putting his hand in our life, to whisper in your ear to say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Maybe today... It's in this very service of you being here at Fellowship Baptist Church to come here the Ball Brothers. That God's going to whisper to you through the music, through the word of God, through the encouragement of a friend, through your time with prayer, that God just tells you it is going to be okay, fear not. Meaning, I've got this. There's nothing that you have to fear. But listen to this last point. It is only God that gives us peace. Now, you say... Why is that? Why is that such a big deal? Well, let me put it like this. I thought back through the story, man, I've been going through this a lot. Would it have made a lot more sense for Mary and Joseph to be on a date night? You know, You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're together and they're walking, and the angel shows up and says, "Hey, guys, God's going to do something with the two of you. You both, and this is what's going to air, Mary, and it's okay. Why did God wait to tell Joseph either three months or six months? We don't know when the timing was, but why did God wait to tell Joseph? Why? Why did God not tell them together? Why did God not tell them at the same time? Why? And in the middle of that, when Mary went up to Joseph and Mary pours out her heart to her fiancé and he walked away, he had no peace. And I thought, Lord, why is that? Could it be the simple message of this is the fact that I don't care who or what you run to, only Jesus can give you peace. At the end of that story, when it was all said and done, when Joseph got up and Joseph knew where to go and what to do and that it was going to be okay, every bit of that came from God. If you run out of here and you're you're trying to find peace and comfort by how many likes you get on Facebook or the girlfriends you hang out with, Or the places you go. Or the people you meet. Or even the spouse that you're marrying to. Nobody can give you the peace that Jesus can bring. Nobody. And through this entire situation. We look back at it. And it was trial after trial after trial. But we can also see the hand of God. The hand of God. And the hand of God. God had every bit of it. So when we look at our lives. And you're saying you know what. My life. Is just simply very unstable right now. God says, yes, it might look that way. But that job and that difficulty and that problem, looking back at it, God says, I'm going to use all that to good. Because you are called according to his purpose.